Hola, hola, it's your girl Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome, and I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, and I'm a bold stand for confidence, and I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. My darling, welcome back. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Yo, I am so happy to introduce you to today's guest because I got to talk to her for 17 hours. It's one of the longest interviews I've done in a while. My girl, Letitia Roll, who runs a podcast, Girl, We Got This. She is all about empowering women. She's all about sharing her story to connect with others so that we all feel seen, heard, and validated. The story on how we met is crazy. And we talk about it straight up in the podcast, and I, and I can't wait for you to hear it. But just wanted to say a massive shout out to my girl, Ashley Michaels, one of my besties from back in Florida days. She hooked me up with Letitia and connected us. And you know, when you meet somebody and you're just like, yo, you're my person, like, you're, I don't even need to know anything about you. I love you. We are on. And this literally, this connection happened via Instagram, via Zoom, via phone. We're calling each other, messaging each other. She is legit an incredible woman who stands for other women, and she's got a gorgeous story to share with you today. And there's going to be so much that you're going to be able to take away from this interview, so many lessons, so many things that you will feel seen and heard in. And I can't wait for you to experience her and, of course, to go check out her podcast, Girl, We Got This. She's just the bomb, and I'm not even going to keep talking. We're just going to get right into it. Without further ado, my girl, Letitia. happy to see your face and to have you on my podcast, Ladija. Oh, honored. Thank you so much. Girl, welcome all the way from Los Angeles, sunny Los Angeles. It's so beautiful. It's like 80 degrees too. Blue sky. Stop. We are, the sun is out today, but we're freezing our asses off over here in Australia. Oh my God. So I got to tell y'all um, a little bit about how we connected because shout out to Ashley Michaels, my beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh. So my friend Ashley, who we've been friends with for like, I don't know, a bunch of years, like 10 plus years, is living in Wyoming and she's an incredible hairdresser. She's just a boss bitch behind with the scissors. She's the bomb. And she gets you in her chair. Tell me the story. Okay. So first of all, this is like mid COVID, like when shit was still a little scary, people were a little sketch. Mm. I booked this job. So they're like, oh, you got to fly to Wyoming. I'm like, all right, cool. But I was a little like, oh, shit, mask up, gloves on. I'll be yeah. fine, whatever. <laughs> so I'm shooting for this company called Hampton Clothing, woman-owned, power woman. It's super dope company. The first day on set, Ashley's there. And I could feel her energy. And mm -hmm. I'm just sitting in her chair. She's doing my hair. And she started talking to me about you and her friends and like, First of all, she asked me what I did. And I said, well, I have a podcast. You know, I love women. I love empowering women. I love sharing my truths. I said, we need to give women a voice. Like, so that's what I do on my podcast. Girl, we got this. She was like, oh my God, you would love Erica. I said, who's Erica? She was like, the queen of confidence. Have you, have you heard of her podcast? And I was like, no, oh my God. And she was, she's, Ash is raving about her incredible yard to me. And I was like, 
And she was like, she was from Massachusetts. I said, hold on, I'm from Massachusetts. She's like, she's Puerto Rican. I was like, hold on, I'm Puerto. It was just all these commonalities. And something in my gut was like, go on her page right now and just write her a message. Because Erica, I've never done that before. Mm. Like, it's crazy because I will go up to a woman in person and be like, you're beautiful. I love this. Like, real quick. But on social media? Yeah, Mm. I don't do it on social. Isn't that strange? It is strange. I, that is strange. Oh, we could talk about that too. That's yeah. It is strange. Oh, that's but for some reason. My gut was like, I I gotta write something to her. I feel like called to like send her a t- like a message. And I literally just commented on something like I don't remember what I said. It was something about like I've heard so something so amazing about you. Yes. Ashley said you're so dope. I would love to connect with you. Yes. And then here we are. Like, it was oh literally like back and forth DMs. I felt like you were well, my sister. Like, we fell like, in love, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, 100%. Who is, who is this incredible woman? And then Ashley's like, Ashley didn't even get a chance. Poor Ashley. She didn't even get a chance to say, hey, I told this woman about you. I was like, Ashley, I love her. Who is she? She's incredible. Because then I went on your page and I was like, oh my God, follow. Can I follow five times? Like, just ate everything up ate everything up and you just as we said before we were talking before like oh in a message that we sent like you just had this magnetism to you which I believe is like you connect with your eyes but also like your whole vibe and via Instagram I'm like oh I can feel it and so this is crazy because this is how we connected so when I tell you guys on the podcast that I've made so many real women friends that are like in my heart and soul from Instagram and y'all are like oh Instagram's negative and I'm like no you're using it wrong because this is how we connected. And so I fell in love with you and I was like, you have a podcast, you have an incredible company that you run with your hats and your incredible hair, your actress, your model. Tell me, tell everybody listening a little bit about you and not a little bit, everything we can know about you. <laughs> oh, should we start from the beginning of it all? Uh, yes. Go I back feel like everything will flow, then everything will yes, flow. Yes. So like you, I was born and raised in Massachusetts, small town, Gardner. Um, predominantly Caucasian small town, to be honest, we were like the only mixed kids. My father's black and Puerto Rican. My mom is French and Italian. Um, there's five, there's five of us. So I had a whole basketball team. Um, and my parents were young. My parents, my mom was 17 when she had me. My father was 19. And, um, so I was born and raised out there and basketball became my obsession. Like my dad pretty much lived his dreams through us, our kids, which sometimes parents do, right? Young parents like that. And sports was our thing. Sports taught me so much. Thank God for my father for introducing sport in my life. It taught me discipline. It taught me team. It taught me how to talk to women. Like it taught me the, the essence of having a leadership, a coach, like all these things at a young age. And it became my obsession. I used to sleep with my ball. Literally, I used to sleep with my basketball to sleep. Oh my God. Yeah. And we didn't have money. We, 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 were, we weren't poor, but we were probably like lower middle class. And um, my father was like, you know, if you want to go to college, you're going to have to get a scholarship. Like, this is what you're going to have to do. So I'll never forget my junior year. We were in a public school, but like college coaches weren't coming out there. Small town, mm. nobody doesn't get a lot of like looks from scholar, um, for scholarships. So he refinanced our house and put me and my sister into um, a prep school. It was such a gift, girl. I mean, at the time, my mom was, like, freaking out because she had three other kids to take care of. Refinance was just sending them back. But I was, like, now looking back, I'm so thankful my father did that. And we went to prep school. Um, My sister, my older sister and I, we were in the same grade. And I got a basketball scholarship. 
So Worcester wow. Academy, shout out to WA. I got a basketball scholarship. I went to college, um, played there for four years at Eckerd College in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, and it was... I didn't it was know any of this. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, dude. It was like camp. I'll never forget when I went to visit because you know when you're an athlete, they they like fly you to places because it's like mm. you're the new hot commodity. They want to show you off to the school, so you got to pick which one you want. And I'll never forget when I flew to Eckerd. I was like, "There's a beach on campus. There's a beach down the street. I don't got to deal with the snow." Oh, okay. I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, I was sold. So there, four years, my third year, I tore my ACL um, one game. Mm-hmm. I tore my ACL and my knee got like torn up. Like my ACL, LCL, my MCL all at once. And I wanted to go overseas to play. That was always my thing. I wanted to go to Barcelona, like Love and Basketball. That was my favorite movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to go over there. And I wanted to play, but the universe had different, a different way for me, you know? So I blew up my knee and... Got depressed, and my mom had to fly down, help me get through this depression. I'm like, what am I going to do now? So now I'm like, what, 21 years old, in college, knees blown out. A year later, a, a modeling scout picked me up in Tampa. The best woman ever. She's still wow. another agent. I was actually talking to her today. Kara Alexander Aww. from Ben's. She's not there anymore. She has her own management company, KLA Management. And uh, she scouted me. And, you know, growing up, I'm a beautiful woman. I've had, I have blue eyes. I have curly hair. I'm a mixed, you know, it's kind of like they call us exotic. And I used to always be like, I'm from fucking Massachusetts. I'm really not fucking yeah. exotic. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm mixed. But you know how the people call us exotic. Cause yeah. It actually just means they don't know who the, where the fuck you come from. Mm. And it's like, you're just like, whoa, I've never seen you before. So that was. I love you. And can I. And can I just say, I love that you are like, I'm a beautiful woman. Like, listen, ladies, listening to this podcast, that as a matter of fact, like, I fucking love you. Like, this is what we need. We need to be great and okay with saying I'm a fucking beautiful woman and I'm exotic. And I see, I see, I'm aware of how people see me. Obviously, you know, you're so much more than your gorgeous eyes and skin and hair. But it's like, let's not forget that you're a beautiful fucking woman. Yeah, mm. can we touch on this too? Because... It took me yeah. a while to own that. It took me a while because, you know, my father raised me. And I, he did it with good intention at the time where he raised me to see only beauty comes from the inside. Beauty comes from the inside. But he was fearful because he knew how mm. beautiful. Now, looking back, he would tell me now to this day, I was so fearful of your beauty. I would see how people would flock to you. I saw how oh, men would look that. at you. So he would tell me the beauty only comes from the inside. So I grew up being this kind, sweet incredible soul but i never acknowledged how beautiful i was on the outside wow that is fucking yo my coaching brain is like bing 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 like yes wow that is huge erica and it's so powerful you know and i and i talked to my dad i said but dad because he has two new young little babies um two girls and i go please remind them how beautiful they are on their outside too so they know how powerful they are because that's the power of us female of of our feminine Mm. Our femininity. Mm. Yes, we're beautiful on the inside, but we're fucking astonishing on the outside too. It's a yes. fucking double punch. And we have mm. to own that. And it took me probably till after college, oh, probably when I was like 24, 25, I was like, yo, my, what? I, this is a gift. Mm. 
universe gave me this gift to look like this. This is, this is a, a gift for me. Yeah. My inside is just like the icing on the top of it. Like this is all of it together. The alchemy of me is so fucking beautiful and powerful. You know what I mean? But it took me almost 25 years to realize that. And I still struggled with it until I was 30. Wow. You know, but women, we are so beautiful. Inwardly and outwardly, we have to own that shit. Mm. We really do. We do. Thank you, dad. That's so yeah. good. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. But I said, daddy, you know, I wish you did, you did tell me because like we would do like things bad or we would talk back and you'd be like, you're really ugly right now. You're really ugly right now. <laughs> and as a child, you know, you're taking it as like, I'm ugly. You know what I mean? You don't know. You don't, you're not really taking that in. But it grows with you. And then you start, you don't really understand how beautiful you are. So you take the exterior instead of the interior, you mix them up. Your children, you know, you don't, you're not emotionally mature enough to grasp that concept. So now all women, everybody listen to this. Own your motherfucking power and all your truth. Yes, you're beautiful. And yes, I am beautiful. And I'm going to let you know that. Mm, yeah, it's our segue. That shit was good because I was like, yes. Mm. You know, because people listening can be like, oh, wow, she said that like nothing. And then it's like, yeah, be, but like you said, it took, it's taken a while, you know? 25 years to even acknowledge it. And wow. I think honestly 30 years to really accept it and step into it. Mm. Um, so yeah, back to that. So I started modeling, right? Everybody would be like, oh, you should model, you should model. And I was like, you know, like growing up, I don't know about you. So I always wanted to be in music videos. I've always, that was like always a dreamer for me. You know, I wanted to be in music videos. I would look at the magazines and I'd be like, I want to do that. And then this yeah. shit was happening. You know, I got picked up from this modeling agency. She sent me to Miami. I signed to Wilhelmina. And my wow. life was like, yeah, I was like. That's fucking huge. Wilhelmina's yeah. like massive. Girl. Yeah. Back then too, yeah. they were it. Now it's like. They were like bigger. Things. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it, they were dope. I mean, they're still an incredible company. Mm. And. I was 23, by myself in Miami. Oh, my God. Dream. And I'm like, dream. <laughs> like, no idea what I'm getting myself into. This is where, like, you really realize, like, whoa, your beauty as a woman, your feminine power is magic. Mm-hmm. And it actually, like, takes over in certain places. Like, Miami's a place, if you're a beautiful woman, in and out, and you own it, if you are fucking confident like Erica preaches... You can have whatever, the, you can walk into any place, anything, you can eat for free, you can do everything for free. <laughs> you feel me? Yes, girl. It's like wearing a mi- fucking military costume. Like, come on, ma'am, sir, here you go. Thank you for your service. Thank you for being so goddamn beautiful. You can have a seat and eat for free. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. My, we had Not model crazy. tables. We had model dinners at the most finest restaurants in the world. We had the biggest model booths. How did you cope? So you're 23. How did you, I feel like the answer is your family really shoved some incredible fucking humble ass values into you. But like, how did you not go the other way and lose your shit and become like a drug addict or drinking and crazy? Like I'm hot and I'm 23 and what? Like, how did that not happen? I think I had too much fear of my father of disappointing. That was always my biggest fear. I was disappointing my father. And he just, he instilled a lot of values inside of me. Yeah, I could hear that. Um, That's great. Morals. Yeah. I never did any drugs. I, I saw it happen in front of me. I never was like all over the place. I always mm. had a job. I always had a side hustle. 
And then I was working. Yeah, I was partying. I was in live yeah, yeah. every month. I was in live every <laughs> night on the couches, dancing and having a blast, but going home. I knew who, where I was. I wasn't intoxicatedly drunk. Like I was never right. at space. Yes. Never at space. Yes. Y'all know space, space. Was, uh, y'all know space. I was at space many times. Oh God. So that fucking rooftop girl. <laughs> no, I still haven't been there. I low key want to go now. It is. I, I can't wait to go back to space. Let me just tell you right now. They had like that reggaeton room. And I was like, this place, I want to live here. Don't even get me started. The whole nother podcast. No, but I love it. Cause like you, you, you know, to be in that world in Miami is like so many people from in Australia don't go to Miami. They go to LA and New York. And I'm like, you got to go to Miami. Cause it has this, that, that like, I've never been to Europe, but that feels like a European Mediterranean Latin flavor, hot and love it's like a big everybody wants to hug you and kiss you and not only if you're beautiful but also like just that community it's very community right everything is beautiful there mm-hmm. you know beauty is in the eye of the beholder i always believe that you know nobody's gonna tell me what is and what's not beautiful if i think that's beautiful that's beautiful and i feel like in miami yeah. everything is beautiful yeah the art everything yeah Yes. They have pink buildings. Like, yo, I should be living there. That's actually the only place that I would ever, I said to my husband, it's the only place in America that I would ever consider when I'm like super balling to like buy a house on Star Island and then maybe. Ooh, <laughs> can I, be neighbor, I know. I'm like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That is Miami. It's special. Yeah. You guys should go to Miami. It's an experience. It's an experience. What a place. Yeah, man. So I was modeling and then. My dad calls me and he goes, oh, you went to college to look pretty? And it kind of hit me. And I was like, no, I am smart too. You know, so he was kind of like jabbing me a bit. And I yeah. was like, okay, let me go get a fucking real job. But I'm still model. If I book, I book. So I started working at this law firm. I'll never forget. I worked at a law firm in friggin' Dade County. Okay, I'm Puerto Rican, but my father didn't speak Spanish in the house. So, okay, so my Spanish, I actually have a minor in Spanish because so I wanted to study it. The Hispanic community, they talk too fast for me. I can't understand yeah. <laughs> unless you're fluent. I used to pick up the phone in the law firm and they, you know, <laughs> so, so quick. And I love it, but I, I, I couldn't understand. That was my life for like three months trying yeah. to like help people in this law firm. So, you know, I was like, I don't want to like dad. Like in my head, I'm like, I did always want to be a lawyer, but I was like, I don't want to do this. I hate being in a cubicle. I, it's not my jam. And I'll never forget, my mother agent called me and she said, hey, there's an agency in South Africa that wants you. And I said, what do you mean? She said, yeah, they'll pay for everything. You go there for three months. She did it. And I was like, I'm going. She's like, seriously? I was like, yeah, I'm going. I called my dad and he was like, no, you're not. I said, dad, look, I did everything you wanted me to do. I went to college. I got a scholarship. I, you know, I graduated. I did all the shit. I'm living my life for me now. Wow. And I went to South Africa. Oh, how was that? That must have been fucking the best. How old were you? You were 23. I was 23. Cape Town. Do you see? Fuck this. This is why we can't live to all the people pleasers listening and all y'all trying to get approval from your family, which is also an episode I did. You're never going to please your dad, even if you do all the things or your mom or your auntie or your judgmental as fuck grandma. You're never going to please them. Never. And you can't live a life pleasing them. Mm-hmm. You will never be happy. You will never find contentment with your life. You're not, you're not here to please them. You're here to please yourself. They need to listen to that podcast you did, Erica, because yeah. that shit's powerful. Let's go. Oh, man. It's this so is like, powerful. 
You, we literally, I love you. Like there's, we could have 70,000 episodes. I love that you worked in a fucking law firm and that you thought you were going to be a lawyer because I also wanted to be a lawyer. <laughs> it was my argumentative self was like, I, I would win cases. And I also wanted to dress in like high heels and bomb yeah. ass power suits. That's what I really wanted to do. I wanted to wear fucking Manolos and like wear these bomb ass like power suits into the law oh firm. I'd be God. like, yeah, I'm winning this case. I win judge, you know? <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Oh, so wow. Cape Town, best three months of my life. Um, one of the most beautiful places I've ever experienced. Working out there in South Africa, you know, it's still kind of interesting that with the race wars out there and the apartheid, mm. you know, it's still kind of relevant. Um, I'm, I'm mixed, so I, they would call me Mocha. I was Mocha. Mm. Um, but there was a lot of German clients and they liked, you know, the mixed race, the ambiguous look. So we were out there. Um, I had roommates. We had the time of our life. I don't even want to call it work because it was like play for me. Wow. Like I'd go to castings, whatever. But like I was playing. I was having the time of my life. When I tell you the most beautiful humans in and out are in Cape Town, South Africa. Oh, like I had a different boyfriend every day, I feel like. I was so single <laughs> and I had so much fun. I had so much fun. I did. But that's when uh, I learned, how, that's, that's when I learned how powerful, like I was, and it was in South Africa. I was like, whoa. Hmm. And it kind of, it kind of made me realize like modeling is great. You get to meet so many incredible people. The thing with the modeling industry I love is that you get to meet people that are passionate about what they're doing. Like the photographer fucking loves yes. photography. Mm-hmm. You know, the stylist fucking loves styling. You know what I mean? Like it's such a different high when you're working with people that really love what they do. And I don't think yes. a lot of people get to experience this. That is and so, it's like, that's so true and interesting. Isn't yes. Isn't it? Yes. You should do it. Yes. That's a podcast you should do, girl. That's actually, it's so true. Like I never thought about that, that they're all highly in, like they love what they're doing and you're surrounded by that energy. Yes. And you're literally their muse. So you get to play in their love field and then you're doing what you love. And it's just like this beautiful world. And ah, like, it's so Mm. incredible. Now, let me tell you, modeling is hard. It's not easy. And it's not for the, the sweet kind heart. It's you get rejected every day. I was being rejected every day. I would wait in lines of women for like hours for a catacall. And then you get in, they have you do something crazy. You're looking crazy on the camera. I wish there's a reality show that like exposed everything we have to do for castings. Properly. Some days I'm like, y'all are really having me jump on one foot in heels for a commercial for Oreos. <laughs> you know, it's crazy shit like that. Like what? Are- what happened? Oh no. Okay. Recording and we are good. So, you know, I want people to know that castings and the modeling industry, it's very hard and it's not for the kind hearted. Like you have to be very strong. You're going to be rejected. Every single day I was rejected. Every day I walked into a place and they're like, no, it's kind of like the devil wears Prada, that lady. Yeah. And she looks at you up <laughs> yes. and I'm like, I am human. Like I'm, I'm human. Like thanks. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm shorter. I'm five, seven. So like, I had to wear the highest heels. I was always trying to eat right. Like it was, it's hard. Crazy. The industry is yeah. hard. You're trying to fit this mold that these people want, but honestly, they don't even know what they want because if they knew what they want, they wouldn't have 150 girls in a casting for it, mm. you know? So 
they have you do the wildest things too, Erica. Like I was saying, like they need to do a reality show on the shit they make you do in the casting room. Like some of the stuff you're like, you want me to jump on my foot on heels for an Oreo commercial f- to prove what? Like I'm so confused. That's so but weird. The modeling industry is a very interesting world, you know, and I've only, I, I do print models. So like right now you'll mm-hmm. see my face on like Smile Direct Club. You'll see my, I was in Times Square like a couple months ago. Um, I don't do high fashion. I do more print and commercial work. And it's still like, it's still hard. You know what I mean? Like, but now as a, as a 30 year old woman, I don't, I don't really, I have no issue in owning my body, what it is. And I, like, I embrace it now, but back then, 23 year old, I was dieting. I was trying to eat like a little, and I was trying to work out. And I took laxatives at one point, like stay like a certain, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy looking back, but in the end, South Africa was the best four months of my life. I had so much fun, and then I went to New York. I went to New York City for eight months to model. Yeah. Then I went back to Miami. Then I went back to Atlanta. Um, and that's Atlanta kind of like grounded me back in the States. And I, was, I got back with my college boyfriend. Um, and uh, guys... When you, <laughs> Ugh, I love that. Yeah. Like, I, that's I, love, <laughs> I got love for him. But you know, when we're young, you know, we go back to what's comfortable or whatever. But, you yeah. know, it, we were dating and I'm like, am I going to live in Atlanta? Like, is this what I'm doing right now? I, in Atlanta, I started acting. That's when I really started to be like, I'm kind of over this modeling thing. I didn't want to keep eating grapes every day and like trying to yeah. diet. I was over. <laughs> My body's an athletic build. Like, it's naturally athletic. So, like, it was always a struggle. And I was like, I want to act growing up. I would do plays, you know, I was in chorus. I would do all the things. I was like, I want to do this. So I started acting in Atlanta and everything. Like I was telling you, we were talking earlier, like with this COVID thing, like things are opening up in Atlanta before LA. It's, it's, it's wild. Atlanta's booming. It's beautiful. So I was there. Um, I went back to Miami for like a month and I ended up, this is where like my life kind of shifted. I would say from 25 to 30, I ended up dating this man and my life kind of changed. You know, a lot of us women, unfortunately, and I can, I can be honest and say this at 25, I was just modeling, acting, having fun. I, I didn't really have a sense of direction or mm-hmm. a sense of self or a sense of who I was. I was still like just that college girl, you know, living, modeling, working, always being validated by my exterior. That was my job, right? Like I had, you know, this soul inside of me that was so positive and spirited. And I let everybody and anybody in no boundaries. Like that was me. That was me Mm -hmm. all my life. And then I got into this relationship and it kind of changed my life. Um, It was to the point where, you know, he was a successful man and it was like, it was more or less like, you don't have to work anymore. Like, this is what you should do. Oh, you shouldn't act. Like, you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? So, like, I started stopped, I stopped doing a lot of things. And I started just being, you know, in love and taking care of him and giving myself no love, giving him all the love, making sure he was good. And I feel like a lot of women deal with this. Mm-hmm. And I want to I wanna talk to that because, you know, we have to realize in order to love, you have to love yourself first. Like we can't just keep being selfless. I became selfless in this love because guess what? 
that was my, my mother with my father. My mother had no sense of self. She was mm. selfless because she learned that from my grandma, this generational trauma, yeah? yeah? And now I'm learning like, wow, I thought this was like the man of my dreams. So I stopped my entire life and gave it all to him. My life was him. I didn't have a life anymore. But I learned it. That's all I saw. And as a wife figure, as a mother figure, as a woman, those were my, my models to go for, you know? And I'm just like, wow, that's not actually what it should be. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I did that for a while. And it wasn't until I turned 30. The fi- how long? Know. The five years? Yeah, it was about it was five, five years. years. Wow. Five years. And, you know, living for somebody else, you know, giving myself. And, and, and I would do it again. Like, I don't regret anything. But it was such a learning curve. I learned so much. I had great times. I had crazy times. I had like, what the fuck moments? Like, what am I doing? Like, I, who am I? You know? Mm, yes, I yes. 30, I had that moment. Like, who am I? What do I want? And then, and, and I never forget, I was in Tulum celebrating my 30th with my mom. And I was like, mommy, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I want kids. I want a family. I want... And and I literally remember saying, I want, and she looked at me and I was like, I was like, I just want me right now. Like, I don't, I don't have me. Like I, I miss, I don't even know who I am anymore. Like I love this human being, but I can't love him because I don't even know who I am anymore. It was like this really weird feeling sense of loss. This kind of this grieving of self that I never, ever Mm -hmm. had that I wanted. I'm 30 now. Like who, who are you, Leticia? You know, who are you? And Eric, at that moment, I knew it had to end. And it was one of the hardest things of my life was ending a relationship with somebody that I loved. You know what I mean? And starting from zero, you know, starting Uh from, I always said, like, us women, our resumes, a lot of, not a lot of women, some women that I do know, our resumes become the men that we've dated because we stop everything we do. And our resume becomes this sex, that ex, or this sex. And I'm like... That's where I was when I turned 30. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know, yeah, I was hard on myself. I did do other things. I did work. But at the time of 30, as an athlete too, I'm a performer. So like I look at myself and I kind of like grade myself on performance because that's how I've always been all my life is perform, Mm. right? I perform and that's how I'm graded. And I'm like, damn, the last five years, I haven't done nothing for self. Like, what am I doing? I got to start from scratch. So let me tell you you that. Did you model? Did you do any acting in that five years or did you just go, no, nah, I'm done? Were people trying to hit you up and find you? I did some here and there. Yeah. Um, it wasn't consistent. And I was never in town. We were always flying. We were always like all over the place. Like I was never on, I never had a base really anymore. Yeah, so like I missed him. jobs. Yeah, yeah. I missed jobs. I would do all these things and I stopped caring. Mm. So I'm like, whatever, I'm good. You know what I mean? But I wasn't good. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So absent of everything that was going on. And I was just like, this is not my life. This isn't my life. Was there a moment or was that, or was that the moment when you turned 30 and you were with your mom? Was that the moment? Yep. It was the moment. I was like, this isn't it. I was like, this isn't it. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but this isn't it. And I'll never forget that relationship ended. And I was like, I'm moving to LA. And my best friend was like, what do you mean you're moving to LA? I said, I've always wanted to live in California all my life, but I was always scared. Since I was in high school, my best friends will tell you, they'll be like, whatever, you said you're going to move to LA next year. Da, 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 da. I had this fear. 
But my sister, my younger sister, moved out here with a boyfriend like a year before. And I was like, oh, whatever. My sister's there now. I can do it. I got in my car. I packed up my shit. I had a moving company, take all my stuff from the East Coast to the West Coast. And I road trip to L.A. and never looked back. Yeah, man. Oh, my God. I love that. So now I'm here in L.A. The first year I knew nobody. New, new territory. Don't know where I am. You know, LA is a huge city. Are you kidding me? And also, like the, with the industry, like with modeling and acting, like I don't know about you, but I feel like they are the super sharks. Like they're they're like super onto it. Yeah, and it's intimidating. Mm. It's intimidating. There are. This is a place of incredible human beings that all want to do what you want to do. The competition mm-hmm. is no joke. You know. But I was like, whatever. I'm out here. I'm gonna make it work. It was hard. It wasn't easy. It was a struggle. You know, I went through a couple of depressions, like feeling like kind of you hit rock bottom, but I always say if it wasn't for rock bottom, I would never know how it, it feels to be this high right now. Like mm-hmm. I had to hit rock bottom to really feel the feels, to get to know myself, to discover who I was as a woman. And that's when mm-hmm. Girl We Got This, my podcast was born. So it was like six months into living in LA and I, I met a guy, um, and he owned podcast one and he he loved me he was like come whenever you're back in LA like we can start the podcast and I just never forgot him so I came and I had a meeting with him when I when I moved here and I said hey I'm ready to start the podcast I'm living in LA now he was like let's do it and in that moment I just remember feeling like I never like for the last like almost five ten years of my life I never had a voice like, I felt like I lost my voice. Mm-hmm. I lost sense of self. I also, Erica, I didn't like women because, like, living in the world that I was living in, women were, I was exposed to a different kind of female. Mm-hmm. A female that didn't respect other women. A female that was just nasty. And I would see these women and I'd be like, ugh, ugh. But then when I got out of that toxic situation, I was like, I fucking love women. Like, what are you, what? Yeah, you were just in a bubble of different... That's interesting, too. Like, without saying what it is and saying names and shit, because you want to be respectful, but it would be so... I feel like it would be such a gift to that community or that that influence circle of women that around the world, because they are... Those circles of women are around the world to be like, hey... Because people in there just be trying to be like, oh, I should be like this. Like, they don't know who they are either, like you said. But you had this foundation. Fuck, man, your dad. Shout out to your dad and your mom. And, you know, your family, you had this beautiful, and obviously your grandma, like you had this beautiful foundation where you went out into the craziest parts of the world, like, you know, industry, modeling, fashion, TV, modeling, all this stuff. But you had this core thing that almost like made you unshakable, even though you went through hard shit. It was like, fuck, like it could have been such a different thing for you. Like a thousand percent, Erica. I appreciate you for saying that's that. That's amazing. I always say my favorite word is resilience. Mm. My favorite word, resilience. Um, and I have resilience. And, and learning, learning that after I turned 30, nothing could stop me. Starting from zero, creating this podcast was like my, my give back. The creating this podcast was like, I wanted to give every female a voice because every mm. female deserves a voice. And we lose it so much sometimes and so easily. And it's so sad. And I'm like, no, your story matters. Your truth matters. It's your truth. Speak, you know? And I was like, I want every woman, every woman to come on here and share their truths. I want to hear your story. I want to understand what it is. And I want to empower everyone. 
And it's crazy because my therapist and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about my podcast in the beginning of it. And she was like, you know, I think you started it. And I said, why? She said, because you never felt empowered by women. So you wanted to empower women. And I was like, holy shit. She was so right. Mm. I never felt empowered by women. I was always kind of I just like, <laughs> yeah, Erica. Like, no, I listen, that, that, is, that is so I don't know how, but we have so much. So there's a full podcast episode. If you want to empower women, empower yourself. Like that is literally an episode on the podcast because you are right. Like you find this, this is why this shit is important. If you're listening, it's, you are important. Just your story, even if it's small or big or whatever it is, like we, all of us matter. And by you shining and and sharing, I get to shine because I go, maybe I can be like her. Like, so you're fucking spot on. Like, oh my God, that is crazy. Erica, we always, like, we try to play small. So many of us try to play so small. No. Step into your light and step into your power. Your struggle and your trauma is just as important as the other woman's. Mm. You might think it's small, but no. Stop making, we make ourselves small always as women to fit. We've had to in this patriarchal system that we've been born in, right? I'm, I'm, I'm tired of that shit. I'm tired of it. I'm putting an end to it. I want to hear everybody's voice and I want to empower every woman. And it's so incredible. I don't know about you, but I learned through my podcast and interviewing these incredible women, which I can't wait to hear on it. Oh, it's going to be good. But, you know, I learned that a lot of women grow and evolve when they hit rock bottom, whether it's a divorce, a loss of the husband, they get cancer, you know, all these things. It's a commonality between so many women that, on their lowest point, like they had to break in order to really bloom and rise. And then they create this empire of, you know, one woman created this perfume company. Another woman created the biggest curly hair salon in Beverly Hills. Like we are resilient. Like the feminine power is so powerful. Mm. We just have to own it, mm. you know? And it's oh, not easy. Though. It's not easy to own it because we're, we've been so subtra- like we've been the underdogs. Like we, we were told not to own who we are. We were told not to trust ourselves. We were taught all these things that actually aren't right. And it takes a lot of unlearning and Mm. realizing your patterns are like, no, that's not just because my mom did that. She did that because she taught that from my, she learned that from my grandma, but that's not how it is. It's 2020 now, baby. Yes. We don't rock like that anymore. <laughs> don't you love how like these these cultured relationships where like the man gets served the food, right? And you know, like in, in Puerto Rican households, I didn't have a dad, but in Puerto Rican households, and that's good that I didn't have a dad because I would have I probably would not have been as fiery as I am right now. <laughs> you know, so but like where they serve, you know, I I'm married to a Sri Lankan man, and although they're super new and, and, and fresh and modern, his mother serves the father, he eats first, all that kind of stuff. Like you know, that's what happens. And it's like, it makes me laugh when I see high cultured relationships, but then they want to have a fucking iPhone 11 pro. And I'm like, yo, you want me to airdrop you some photos, but your fucking shit is, but then I gotta, I gotta do some 1920 shit. Like, but do you have an iPhone 11? Get the fuck out of here. Like, (laughs) so true. What the fuck is that? Oh my God. That was crazy. It is. It's insane. But so many of us are still living in that world. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. I don't want to be mediocre. You know, and I always say that. I said, it's up to you what kind of life you want. 
You know, mm. if you want to be mediocre, that's okay. I'm not choosing to be mediocre. You know what I mean? I'm choosing to be the best me. I'm choosing to have the best love. I'm choosing to have the best job. I'm, it's a choice. Everything's choice. If you mm. want to be mediocre, go. You can go live in the 1920s and the 2020. I mean, I mean, that's, you can if you want. And no, I don't, I'm not judging you. That's what you want. But I'm, I'm not choosing that. You know, and as women, we have the power of choice. That is so, so, that's so true. Because I think that we forget that we're choosing how to think. We're choosing the relationships. We're choosing our feelings. We're choosing everything. Yeah. Everything is our choice. Everything we choose. And it's hard because a lot of us are choosing based on patterns and what we're taught and what that child was taught. And until you do that shadow work and do all that unlearning, which took mm. me I'm 32 now, baby, it took me 32 years to really be like, oh, God, I keep attracting toxic men because me and my dad actually had a toxic relationship growing up. Oh, I think that's normal. I think that's healthy. No, girl, it's not. It took me 32 mm. years. Hello, somebody. Yeah, but also, too, like you love your dad and you saw who he was being and he was doing the best he could, you know, and it's like. And I love my father still. But you have to really understand how you were raised and who you were raised by. My father was 18 raising me. My mother was 17. Like, they didn't even have sense of self. How could they actually put in in that into me? Yes, they instilled really great values, a lot of, you know, discipline in me. But there's a lot of things I didn't have, like a sense of self, a sense of self worth. You know what I mean? And it took me 30 years to really start honing in and like creating this idea of self-worth and self-love and this power because I didn't have it. Yeah. How did you like when you got out of that relationship and you're like, fuck it, I'm moving to L.A. Did you get a mentor or a coach or a therapist or a book? Like what was something that really started changing you? Yes, therapy. Therapy changed my life. I'm a talker. I need to talk. I like to yeah. visualize things. Um, and I just started with a therapist. And I went hardcore. I went on a schedule. And that's a thing to everyone listening. You can't just jump in and out of therapy. You can't just go one week and then not go back to the next, like, three weeks later. Like, if you start something, schedule it in like you schedule in your meals. Schedule it in like you schedule in that stinking show you watch momentum. every Friday at 3 o'clock. Yes. Yeah. Momentum yeah. creates movement. Like, Period. Therapy for me, it changed my life. It made me look at myself. It made me uncover so many things I had no idea about. Um, and business, my business, I started my hat company. And my hat company, I'm not kidding you, gave me like a sense of being, of belonging. Mm-hmm. And like, it would get me out of, when I was in, oh, I remember days I would be crying in bed. And I couldn't get out of bed. But then I'd, on my phone, um, Squarespace would notify me you have an order an order just was purchased you know I make hats they're called tress and I make hats for women with curly hair and that literally this business got me out of bed so Mm. many times when I didn't want to get out of bed honestly so to this day I'm like I'm so thankful for my hat company but it's because you're serving right like you you jump out of yourself and you serve someone else and you get to be of service to them and that gets you out of your shit right now I'm here Erica I'm in LA doing what I love, talking to incredible women, creating girlwegotthis.co, the platform, the Instagram space for women to just be their true authentic self, to really use their voice and mm-hmm. be vulnerable and be open. And like you, what you create, like this sisterhood, like 
there are incredible and awesome women that are true, that are honest, that are caring, that really fucking ride for you. You know, yes, there are mean girls. Yes, there are envious girls, but they have issues. Mm. You know, they just, they just have issues that they still have to work on. They haven't done the shadow work. They probably had a really bad life growing up. You know, they've had trauma that they have to deal with, but there are mm. some women that are awakened that mm. are really powerful and that are confident like you, the queen of confidence, baby. And we got this. Tell me about the girl. We got this.co. What's the, maybe it's just starting and growing, but what's the, like the vision and the dream? What would you love? What would you love? Oh, so girl, we got this.co is like my heart. It's my light space. My vision is to create sister circles around the world. I, I go to women's circles here in LA and they changed my life. Um, I, I have a space of spiritual healers, spiritual sisters, a space where I can go and be vulnerable and cry and we support each other and there's no negativity. It's nothing but love, you know, and it's like 10 to 12 women that you're just like blown by. You learn from them. They pour into you, you pour into them. You know, we're not pouring from empty cups either. Mm. So, you know, when you have full cups and everybody's pouring into each other, you're just like, wow, I've never felt this way before. And the feminine energy is the most powerful energy on planet Earth. I always tell people this. When you when we come together, y'all better fucking watch out. <laughs> That's why they yeah. oppress us. That's why yeah. the female has been oppressed for so long. The fear. You know, oppression is people oppress people that they fear. They try to keep them lower. That's why oppression is caused. Um, when women come together, you can't stop us. We're smart. We're beautiful. We're soulful. We're sexy. We're energy. We're so much wrapped in one. So when I think of girlwegotthis.co, it's an Instagram platform that's coming and it's, it's creating this really powerful sister woman circle of women. So that's my vision and it's going to mm. grow. It's going to, the podcast episodes, we drop episodes every Tuesday. Um, and I'm just honestly sharing women like you, our stories, no filters. I don't ask questions. We just talk like we, mm. we do here, Erica. No questions. It's just free. It's open. Yeah. You know, I, I love it when like uh, the, the PR is like, hey, do you have the questions for us? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I don't do questions. Yeah, because that's the thing. Again, that perfectionism that kills the woman, like the perfectionism of I need to be prepared and I need to know what to say and it needs to be right. And I said to you before we started recording, like, yo, if you cough or you sneeze or if I fart or if I pick my nose or if my fucking little kids run in, because y'all know we in lockdown in Melbourne over here and it's a miracle how the fuck I'm working and I don't have clean underwear on. <laughs> because I don't have underwear on, period. Oh, uh, hey, that's what I'm saying. It's 80 degrees. We don't want a hot coochie. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like how free, like how your face looks right now, that smile that you have, that's what it feels like, right? When we just go, I don't need to be perfect. And therefore... Neither does she, and therefore I can just love her up in her imperfection and myself. And I love that you create that too, and you just share. I love you on Instagram because I'm I'm an Instagram lover, and I ju I just want to acknowledge you for how much like you let women in and you let people in and you take people with you on your journey of what you're doing. Like I really want to acknowledge you because you know we don't we don't hear that you know you get messages and DMs, but. I know what that is. You know, I know what that feels like. I know what it takes to think about your community that lives in your phone. The people live on the phone and you're like, well, let me talk to the people. 
you know, and to share your life with us and, and, and be so open. Like, I think I just honor you because it's, it's medicine. Thank you. You are medicine too, Erica, in so many ways to so many women around the world. Like, thank God for you. Honestly, like I, I always say like women who see women, see more women and more women and more women. And, you know, the more we heal ourselves, the more we can heal the next woman, the more we can help the next woman. Because I don't know about you, like my healing journey, I mean, this is going to, we should talk about this in another episode, maybe yeah, on my, on my podcast. Yes, please. Yeah, same. <laughs> maybe we'll over our, we got this too. Like the healing journey is a journey and it's hard. Yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. And there's, it's so hard that only few, like not everybody can actually do it. Only the strong survive. It's like athletes, though. Everybody doesn't get fucking picked up. It doesn't mean you're not good at basketball. But you don't, you got to get that grit. That's fucking, yes, that's so true. Yes, it's this, it's a different type of work. It's a different type Mm. of heart that you have to have to go look back and grieve the things that you thought was once and it actually really never was. And that shit is hard, you know? And Mm. that's a whole story in itself. But like, we need to talk about that. Yeah, we have to. We should. We should talk about that. Because I think two people see you and they're like, she's so, you know, magnetic. She's so beautiful. Her hair, her platform. Wow, 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 wow. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's amazing. Fucking unicorn, you know? And and obviously this is what the book that I told you that I'm writing is about. Like, you don't get to see when I'm at rock bottom. I don't, you don't always, and for those of you out there that compare yourself, this is for you, you know, and obviously modeling, acting, being in a relationship with someone who's very successful, all of that would have, even basketball, yo, even fucking getting a, uh, what is it called when you, someone gives you a, uh, what's that called when you go to school and they give you a scholarship? That's the word. Okay. There we go. We are not editing that either because that happens. What do you do? What's the word again? scholarship um you know like all of that is like pressure 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 and for you to just be like fuck it i'm just gonna i'm just gonna give what i can here i'm gonna fucking do my best i'm not gonna sit in this perfection bullshit and allow the judgment of other people like that shit in itself is fucking hard it is it's so hard i'm over it yeah that's it and when do you when do you change now when you decide like i'm fucking done yes and you have to trust yourself. Mm. You know, I feel like I didn't trust myself for so long. We do this too as women. We'll call our friends. Hey girl, what do you think about this? What do you think? We call our mom. Hey, what do you think about this? What do you think? Girl, you know what you want. You know mm. what time, like, you know, when your gut, you know, I know why I'm sharing my journey with you. I know why I'm sharing what I've been through. I know why, because I don't want you to ever go through half the shit that I've been through. And mm. if I can help one woman, I'm like, that makes me so happy. Mm. You know, like it makes me so happy. So, you know, I, I, I want to ask you something to Erica. So I started yes. doing it, um, the last couple of years and I don't know if you've ever done this, but I started to, I wanted to start documenting my feelings. Like when I was in a, I got into another depression, like the beginning of this year. And I was like, okay, I'm aware now it's these feelings are only temporary, but I hit rock bottom. I had a miscarriage. I lost a huge money deal. Um, COVID hit. I had another breakup and I was like, I hit it hard. And I'm like, Oh, I know this feeling the head. I know this feeling. I know it's just temporary, but it's hard right now. And I started documenting. I started videoing when I would have breakdowns and I would take pictures to remember when I got back there 
that it was just a temporary feeling that this phase mm. was going to end. Because sometimes when we're in the darkness of our healing and the depression, we feel like it's never going to end. We feel like we're literally drowning. Yeah. You know? But on the reverse side, I take pictures of my happiness. Like I video oh, my man. happiness. I video the people I'm with. I take pictures and I'm like, this, this is what I'm striving for. But it's okay if I hit rock bottom here. I'm going to go back and see the video and understand these feelings. Okay, but they're temporary. I can still get yeah. back this happiness. Yes. Yeah. The, I, the healing journey is a journey for me. I, I said, <laughs> I say like my mom was bipolar. She's still bipolar. And I'm like, we all bipolar. We're all schizophrenic. I am a multiple personality, multiple dimensional woman. I have a mental disorder called the human experience. We all have it. Um, if I go to the doctor right now and take that fucking postnatal depression test, I probably air quotes would be postnatal depression. And I'm not saying that shit's not real, but I am saying that we all move through, you know, like you said, I call it a moment. Well, I'm having a moment. I'm having a moment of anxiety. I'm having a moment of, and then that shit, the next moment, the next breath, like we're fucking breathing. And it's true. I love that idea too. It sounds like having a, a, cause I'm visual too, like having a library of this is me sad and suffering. Oh, this is me happy. All of these are me. Yes. These are all parts of me. And understanding your feelings as human beings, a lot of us don't even understand our own feelings. Because you know what? We don't go to school to learn about ourselves. We go to school to learn about Christopher Columbus, which wasn't even fucking true anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Why don't we go to school to learn about yourself? Yo, listen, that shit about school, I don't know if it was a transcendent series on Gaia TV, but there was something that was talking about how school just really prepares you to be a worker for the industry, for the corporations, to then be a a fucking patient for the doctors, for the big pharma, to then be a... It's like they they just... Duh, girl. That's another episode. You know what I'm saying? It's like, fuck. Fuck. I want to ask you. I want to ask you about the feminine energy. And like, I never considered myself just until recently in my feminine. And if I go... If I was to step on a scale as to where I usually live, I probably live more in the masculine. And my husband, my husband, who's a man, man, like sexy ass motherfucker, he is, he's like a definition of the feminine energy though, right? He's slow. He's soft. He's nurturing. He goes out into nature. He meditates. He's quiet. He's a crab of a fucking cancer. And I'm like, I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to make shit happen. You know, that's me. And so... (laughs) I am, we are like a yin yang and I'm learning how to be in the feminine. I'm fully in it and I love it and all that. But what was your journey with stepping into the feminine? Was there anything specifically that you did or still do that helps you? Stepping into my feminine was a journey in itself, especially being an athlete, a female athlete. I was going to say, yeah. You know, you become, especially in the female world, in the basketball world, for instance, you know, you, a lot of people judge you and assume you're a lesbian or you seem you like woman. I'm not a lesbian. I love women, but that's not my sexual preference. You know what I mean? My roommates were gay. I, I've seen the world. I love, I love the LGBTQ community. I love them all. And I just was always this tomboy. I always just had this masculine energy. Mind you, I hate the word tomboy now. Yeah. Uh, it was just another term to make us women. Be, they, it's literally a, a woman that acted like a rude boy, like a boisterous yeah. boy. I'm like, I know. I never acted like a boy. I was a woman that loved fucking sports. Yeah. How about a woman with passion? That loved a woman that liked Jordans, okay? What's wrong with that? And baggy jeans. <laughs> yeah. 
But we were raised to be like, oh, you're a tomboy. You're like, no, I'm not. So I always had a masculine energy. Mm. I always had this dependent energy where I was always like, I have to do this like you. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do that. My mom was like that too. My mom was very masculine. My mom mm. wasn't really soft. Yeah. There was certain moments of her, she was soft and tender. But for the most part, my mother was a very strong woman. Stepping into my feminine happened when I turned 30, I feel like for me. And it was a shift where I was like, when I told you in the beginning of the episode, I realized my exterior beauty was as beautiful as my interior beauty. My feminine powers, it's okay to be soft. It's okay, but it, I stepped into it when I went into my, these women's circles. These other women taught me the power of your feminine, the power of being an unapologetic woman. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be soft. It's okay to be in nature. It's okay to get out of that masculine earth. You know, I always had to be earth. I had my guards up. You know what I mean? I had this wall up, this mask on. I like to call it my mask. And it wasn't until probably two years ago, surrounding myself with other incredible women that stepped into their feminine energy is when I actually even learned what feminine energy actually was and what it felt like. And then once you feel it, you're like, yo, what is this feeling? I want to feel like this. And then that's, I, I started reading. I started exploring. I started dancing. I started like being comfortable with my body and my skin. I started walking around my house naked and loving every minute of it. And I'm like, yo, this duality of my masculinity and my femininity is fucking dangerous in like the best way. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's dangerous. And that's the power of the female. Once, if you have that duality, even if you don't, you're still powerful. But for me personally, my truths and my experiences, my masculine energy, sometimes it's still hard for me to kind of shut that down. Mm. Sometimes I find myself being like, all right, T, you don't got to be like that right now. I do talk to myself. I talk to myself every yes, month. Yes, girl, me too. <laughs> and I have to be like, no, you don't have to be hard. Be soft. Like you can, you know, I check myself. I talk to myself and, and uh, I write on my mirrors on a marker and I remind myself. You are feminine. Your femininity is beautiful. It's okay to be you. You don't. Mm. And my and I have mask off. I write mask off. Yo, I love that. I'm hearing. I'm hearing all the women listening to the podcast being like, "That is a tangible thing I could go and do and tap into it, and it doesn't make you soft. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you because you know, same from we were. I feel like growing up the same Puerto Rican on the playground, being like, "Yo, don't fuck with me. I'll fuck you up. I'll fuck you up in a Walmart fucking parking lot." And it's like if I'm not that. If I'm not that, then I'm not, I'm going to, you know what, really, if you have that angry hard, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. It's like, really, you're a fucking teddy bear. You're soft inside and you just want to, you know, you're just like a little soft boiled egg and you just need to chill. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful to see uh, that you can own that, but still get shit done, run a company, go to auditions, you know, and I, there's a whole part about how you learned how to be rejected and not make it mean that you aren't good. And that's fucking. Yes. But that was a journey in itself too. Mm. That's a whole journey in itself. But do you see that? Like if you're listening and you're like, you know, obviously we're going to give all the things in the show notes, the links, and you go and follow her on Instagram. You're like, wow, she's so beautiful. And to, to know that for, from 23 to, I don't know, however, 30, let's say, and still now, cause you still model and you still act. Yes. 
there will be a rejection, rejection, rejection. It's like a punch in the guts of the ego and you have to diminish, it has to diminish at some point because you can't keep, so, and you keep showing up and you keep showing up and you fall down and you get back up. And it's like, I love that because, and yes, that is a journey, but like, if you're, if you're listening, look at all the things that put people together, like having a upbringing of a father and the way that your family was, then having, you know, that, that, that spirit of, I'm um, that, that sport, like I did the military and the military was that for me, that, that spirit of sport and discipline and striving for more and having a bit of structure and then going off and, and doing that dream with the, with being in South Africa and modeling to then come into this relationship, like every part of your life that has been difficult, fun, hard, extreme, rock bottom has created you and people see you and they're like, wow, you're amazing. And they don't see, and I love you and thank you for sharing your story because, and there's more obviously, but they don't see all of those instances when you were on the fucking ground, yeah, not wanting to get the fuck back up. You're so right. Erica, we all have a story. Yes. We all have a story. Some of us share it, some of us don't. But there's so much more to every human being you come in contact with. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their struggles are. But half of us are still battling a lot of things. You know? And I'm grateful that you saw me for me and you invited me on here. And I'm just thankful. And I love you and I appreciate I you. you. Like I felt like you were my sister from the jump and it was an instant connection. And I was like, she sees me. Yeah. Okay. And then you I invited you. me here and I'm like, I'm so grateful for her. Like I'm grateful for everything you're doing for the world. I'm grateful for everything you're doing for men and women, you know, women and men, because your relationship, I love what you guys do and your husband are together. Oh, I love what you guys are this. doing. Yeah, it's power. It gives me hope because your girl's single over here. It gives me hope. I'm like, okay. I don't know if he has like, a brother or anything, but I yeah. need one. <laughs> Hamish, Hamish got to build a brotherhood. All the women are like, okay, so we got the sisterhood. Is he doing the misterhood? Is he doing the brotherhood? Is he? And I'm like, no pressure. Come on, that feminine energy, Hamish, got to tap into the masculine and make it happen. <laughs> Sign up. <laughs> okay, done. Listen, I could talk to you for thousands of years and I know I, I so appreciate your time because our time zones are crazy, but where can we find out more? First of all, for the ladies with the beautiful curly hair who or thick hair, thick hair, and they want to wear a baseball cap because we didn't even go deep into that, but we're going to link it in the show notes. But where can they find out all about you and consume all of your juiciness? Yeah, so you guys can find me on Instagram at Leticia.roll. Um, that's my Instagram. And from there, you'll find my hat company for the hats, for the curls, for the women and for men with all the hair. Cause let me tell you, baseball hats don't fit over normal textured hair in our mm. texture period. Uh, trust for us. So it's trust for us on Instagram and trustforus.com. That's where you can buy them on e-commerce. And then my podcast, it's girl. We got this. We're on all platforms, all podcast platforms. And we are having our Instagram platform come to life right now. It's at girlwegotthis.co. So that's where you guys can find me. I'll be there loving all of you always. Uh, And please, please, please tag us, both of us on this. If you are listening to this, screenshot, tag us. Let us know what you got out of this episode. It was a huge one. And there's so much more juiciness to come. I can't wait to see you and hug you in real life. Oh, I can't wait. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming to Bali yes. or I'm coming to Australia. I don't know which one yet, but oh I'm going to Australia be. is the bomb girl. You got to come. I love okay, you. I'm coming there. I love you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Mm-hmm. 
My darling, we are in wild times right now. And in order for you to manage your mind and boost your immunity and be level-headed instead of panic, I want to invite you to consider online training, to consider joining a community, a sistership where you are going to be held, where you're going to be supported, where you have a safe space to unravel. And with all this time at home, you can actually better your life and work on yourself. Good news as well, I have now done a 12-month payment plan for the online sisterhood. So many women right now are experiencing trouble with their finances, losing their jobs, being single mothers, not knowing when their next money or paycheck is going to come from. And we are navigating that with our current sisterhood members. We are working with every woman that we can in order to support them in these tough times. And I hear you out there saying, I'd love to join the sisterhood, but I can't afford it. I can't afford six payments. So what I've done is made it a year-long program. It's a year-long program with a year-long payment plan. I really, really want you to consider if this is the time for you to join the sisterhood and work on yourself. It is available to you now. Let's do the damn thing. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode, share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it, and if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.